Tonight on the Goblin's Corner. Adventurers versus heroes. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're doing Adventurers versus Heroes. Indeed. Now, this is an interesting topic that you and I have come up with. The differences between your typical adventurer party and your typical group of heroes. Yeah. And you might think that the same thing is the same thing, but it's not the same thing. And in fact, the same thing is actually different. And if that's confusing, that's okay, because we're going to talk about the differences between adventurers and heroes yeah. and a whole lot more. After. I, of course, after the question of the week. All right. So what do we got, Matt? So you've been thrust into a fantasy world. Oh, awesome. Love that. As a hero. Okay. What kind of fantasy world am I in? We're going to go with... uh, talking dark fantasy, steampunk fantasy, sci-fi fantasy. Medium to high fantasy. Mm. Renaissance. Okay. Yeah. So there's toilets at least. Medieval plus. Okay. Okay. Medieval plus. I like that. Okay. Cool. Just making sure. So I'm a wizard, mm, I, I generally gonna, speaking. Sure, most likely. What sort of patron are you going to look for while you acquaint yourself with this new world? Hmm. Somebody good, because I'm a hero. That's all right. I would probably choose, and you think this is hilarious, an order of paladins. Now you're asking yourself, why? Why would Eric, being the wizard, equate himself with the Order of Paladins? The chaotic wizard. Yes. Because they're not going to let anything happen to me, for one. As long as you stay within the rules, that is true. And if I'm drowning, they're sinking faster than me because they're all in armor. You can just stand on their shoulders. Stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak, yes. The other option would be some sort of fey patron because they're capricious, whimsical, and amusing for the most part. I'd probably, a patron, if a you fat- will. A patron, in fact, yes. And I would probably go with that over the Order of Paladins, but I have a feeling that the Order of Paladins would be a lot more fun. The Order of Paladins would certainly be safer. Yes. Oh, definitely safer than, than Fae by leaps and bounds. I mean, you might wake up and be aged 30 years or something, turn into a frog. Sure. Might be kind of fun, too, now that I think about it. I, all right, so that's my answer. What would yours be, Matt? I'm either going to attempt to find a chaotic, good, nature-based religion to just go ahead and dive into. Cause, it's a sect of druids or something like that? Well, either druids or, you know, clergy. I could see that, yeah. Okay. You know, I I need those restores, man. I, I, got, long-term, <laughs> I got long-term damage. Or, same as you, I'm... I'm going to find me a patron. I'm cutting a deal today. You're rocking that mushroom ring. Sit down and wait for somebody to show up. I don't care if it's Sealy or Unsealy Court at this point. Ooh. Ooh. Well, it would have to be Sealy because you'd be a hero. Yeah, that's true. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough for you. It's not so tough for me. eh, Fair enough. Are you a capricious patron or perhaps your hero? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me. Eric at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things. Mostly Twitter. Predominantly Twitter, yes. And recently in our Discord. That's true. Our Discord's been hopping lately, which is great because we're running games. That's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you want to run a game, join our Discord and we might run one with you. All right. Let's talk a little bit about heroes and adventurers and the differences between the two. And why you should know the differences between the two for your TTRPG of choice. It's very important. It is, in fact. So, Matt, what do we mean when we say adventurers versus heroes? Okay. So, there are fundamental differences between adventurers and heroes. Adventurers tend to be like self-motivated, freelance, mercenary style like they roam from place to place looking at job boards and what have you. And they're either, they, they might be in it for money. Sure. Or, you know, power. Power's always a fun one. Always a good time for adventures. I'm noble one. 
like their scion, like third, fourth scion down the line, right? They could just be bored. Hmm. And they're in it for fun and excitement. Okay, so adventurers are basically in it for the money, in it for the fame, in it for some sort of non-altruistic reason, although they can. Sure. I mean, they could be good adventurers and be doing it for great reasons and. Yes. Heroes, on the other hand. They're in it for the ideals. Right. If they get perks, great. But they're, like you said, they're in it for the ideals. They, they're they motivated by protection or justice or just, you know, assisting people who need it. Some, I guess if you're either like a, a good aligned like mage guild or knowledge deity, you could be seeking knowledge or wisdom. Heroes usually work for some sort of concerned party. Yeah, governments, churches... Uh, guilds, happy wizards, good people of all sorts. Yeah. So. And keep in mind, these are the typical archetypal heroes. Right. You could have anti-heroes as well, and that probably will be something we cover at some other point. I mean, most of the games we play have anti-heroes in them anyway. It's true. Now, one thing I like that we talked about before the show is that both can be RP heavy. Yes. Or they can be RP light, but how you play heroes and adventurers are vastly different in many ways. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to be kind of the same. You're going to be rolling, you'll be doing actions, you're going to be role playing and roll dice, role playing. Right. But how you approach them, that's where we really bring the differences. Exactly. It's story methodology. So let's talk about playing with adventurers first. The first thing you have to ask yourself when you're setting up for an adventure is what does success look like for your players? Success with adventurers is oftentimes monetary in nature a lot of times. Sure. I mean, you want to be the search for more money, right? You want to be filthy rich. Yeah. You're playing a game. You've got a plucky party of, you know, you got the halfling rogue, the the elven wizard. I'm trying to think of the typical D&D group. The half-elf bard. Yeah, the the human paladin that's about to drown. Yeah. Got a handlebar mustache. Looks kind of like, what is it, Strom? Sturm. Sturm, yeah. Sturm, Sturm Brightblade. Sturm Brightblade from, uh, what is that, Dragonlance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to be rich. Everybody else did. Yeah. They turned into heroes, right? But, sure. But I would say financial um, release is definitely one that they want. Yes. Now, in addition to that, there's all kinds of other beneficial rewards that adventurers like. For example. If you're a wizard, the easiest way to collect a massive selection of spells is to go adventuring. It's the easiest way. And every wizard wants all the spells. Yes. Straight up. You want to travel without restrictions. That's another thing adventurers tend to want. Yeah. And we mentioned it already. Fame. Fame. Yeah. You got to have it. Yeah. I'm not going to break into it. No, that, I yeah. was waiting for nope, it, but I you was, didn't. Nope. Okay. Games with adventurers in them tend to play with exploration or wandering around motives. I can see that. You also have stuff like awe, so exploring the world. Um, and of course, you know, our favorite, murder hoboing. Look, there is a time and a place, and I think part of it is murder hoboing has different definitions to different people, mm-hmm. right? You don't wander into a town and burn down the whole town or whatever. Then you're playing a villain campaign. That's correct. But if you happen to stumble upon a party of bandits or a party of you know, goblins that are besieging a party of bandits or a party of whatever that... Isn't party of kobolds that are besieging a party of goblins that are besieging, besieging <laughs> Well, the kobolds have trapped the goblins ah. who are then murdering the bandits who are robbing the common people. I gotcha. See, that's how that works. That's also a turducken, a D&D turducken right there. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. So you could do a little murder, murder hoboing. Yep. And so games with adventurers in them tend to have that style, right? Wander around, exploration, random encounters, all that fun stuff. Yeah. 
find a job, do a job, keep moving. Oh, that murder. Uh, <laughs> to say murders for hire, but it's heroes for hire in that case. Yeah. Yeah. So job based, mission based type games. And it's perfect for that. Doesn't have to be, but it is. Adventuring games are far less likely to stay on the rails or in some cases be found anywhere near those rails. Very true. And in fact, many of the games can be side quests. It's true. And some of the best games we've played with a party of adventurers have been a series of side quests and non sequiturs that have turned into an overarching story. Right. And that's a fun thing to, as a DM to consider. And so one of the things to think about is when you're running a game for adventurers, right? The progress of the adventurers is the story. Whereas for heroes, there's usually a more linear path. Yes. So side quests tend to be a big part of those adventuring games. Yeah. What else are some things that are somewhat apparent when you're gaming with the party of adventurers versus heroes? They can be great games for new players. And a lot of people think that linear games tend to be better. But to me, getting someone used to actually role-playing and being in character, adventuring games are far better at that than modules or more linear-based games because it gives them the opportunity more often to branch out, to actually be in character and interact with the world. Yeah, there's, it's somewhat more non-linear than a typical module or progression or something like that. Right. And so if you're just learning to play, the first thing a lot of people, when they start playing role-playing games, are like, so I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Within reason. <laughs> you can certainly try. Within consequences. Yeah, with the, there's consequences <laughs> to everything, but you can try. Yeah. That's what I always say. So it's fun to learn the world, being an adventure, and honestly, messing up. It's fun to mess up sometimes. Yeah. So enemies come and go, but they oftentimes are more nebulous than a hero party. So it's no, it's not the heroes against the world or against the world ender, more specifically. It's the adventures against, say, the enemy of the week. Yeah. So that big bad evil guy might just be a lich. It's not, you know the avatar of destruction, which has come upon this world and burst forth from a fiery volcano. His phallus is huge and flames of magma shoot from it. It can get to that point. Sure. The difference (laughs) being... Hopefully not with the phallus of magma. (laughs) The difference being that can still be a thing for adventurers, Mm -hmm. but with adventurers, they're going to kill that guy because he's trying to destroy the world. And the world is where all my stuff and fame is. You're wrecking my business. Whereas heroes are going to kill that guy because he's trying to destroy the world. And that's bad. That makes sense. Let's talk about some challenges that an adventuring party might face versus heroes. Let's talk about, the, obviously, the adventurers first. Sure. What challenges would they face? Well, adventurers don't have a built-in patron of any sort. They're not working for a government or a church or anything immediately or specifically. So they have to find one. Right. Mm -hmm. That's problematic. Now we mentioned the monster of the week. Right. Which, so random encounters tend to happen. Yes. And they escalate depending upon the fame and power of the adventurers. They can indeed. Also, you just... Gotta survive. You don't have backup. You're gonna have to survive out in the wilderness. And in some cases, that wilderness could be in the middle of a city. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, One challenge that you may not think about is upgrading and outfitting their gear because that's very important to be an adventuring party because you're kind of, it's kind of, again, it's me against the world, right? Right. Like you've got to upgrade your stuff because no one's gonna help you unless you make really good relationships in the game world. Exact contacts are super important for adventurers. And if you're just a fame and fortune murder hoboing team of adventurers, you may not have a lot of people that can help you out because you've murder hoboed your way up to 15th level and everyone hates you. Yes. And that happens. Relationships, folks. Works in games too. And as you mentioned, making their mark upon the world is also a challenge. It's tough. 
Yeah. Got to crawl your way up. Got to step over the piles of dead bodies of enemies and potentially other adventurers. Hey, look. All I'm saying is if you're in between me and my job, then there's problems. It's just business. Exactly. It's It's just business. What are some rewards for an adventuring team? Step one is the fat loots. Fat. The fat loot. Yeah. The big money, the shinies. Yeah. All the gold trinkets. Fame, as we mentioned, is another reward. What yep. else? At the end of the day, right, there there are certain things that are commonplace, almost to the point of tropes, but, uh, and in some cases, definitely to the point of tropes. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make them wrong, right? A wizard, when he's done adventuring or she's done adventuring, is going to want their wizard tower. Absolutely. The warrior. That's either a castle or a a bar. Yeah. They either become barkeeps or despots. Yeah. A ship. Oh, like a nice boat to your name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a temple for a cleric Mm -hmm. or a pally. Some kind of flying whale for... Uh, something else yeah. for a team, a uh, spell jammer of some sort. Sure, a college, oh, like a, college. a bard yeah. could could try and find found a college. And all of this equates to creating a name for yourself. Yes, in the game, so that you could bronze your character sheet, have it on your wall, and be like, "My character did that," and that's what happens. Yeah. I have a goblin that started a school. That's true. He did, in fact, and he was great at designing clothing. Okay, we've talked a little bit about adventurers. Now let's talk a little bit about playing with heroes and a heroing party. What does that look like in terms of success? The overall success, right, is that the big bad evil guy is gone. Yeah. We're Dead, talking, destroyed, removed, whatever. We're talking epic evil has been vanquished from the world. But that, on a smaller scale, there are all kinds of other successes as well that a, that a hero party could have. Sure. Let's, let's take the Marvel angle. Okay. Right? You've got protecting a neighborhood, mm-hmm. protecting a city, right? You, the, your sphere of influence grows as your party grows. Yeah, you're either the defenders, the avengers, or the guardians of the galaxy. Exactly. It's just local, regional. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you save the princess. Maybe you kill a lich that is threatening a region. Yeah. Or you stop your volcanic world ender. With his magma yeah, phallus, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're getting you a little stuck on that. You gotta stop. Well, you gotta stop that, man. It's it's gonna get everywhere. You could also gain status and titles. So it's very similar to fame, but a little different because it implies that social element, yes, from the community to it. Because theoretically, anybody can get rich, but these people have earned title. Yes, and I would say most importantly. Hero campaigns have a feeling of accomplishment when you're done. Yeah, you get to pat yourself on the back. Other you, people get to pat you on the back. Yeah, because you did a good job. You don't have to buy a tavern because people buy you drinks. Yeah, it's fun <laughs> to feel good about saving the day. That's why we yeah. watch so many movies about heroes, why we play video games about heroes, and why we role play about having a hero. Yeah. Because it's fun at the end of the day. Yeah, I saved, saved the town, saved the princess, saved the world, right? Exactly. Save the prince. Indeed. Now, games with heroes in them tend to play more with a focal point. We mentioned for adventurers, it's kind of, you know, offer a vehicle of gameplay, right? (laughs) You're just going into all kinds of strange places. And that's fine. Non-sequiturs are great. Absolutely. But having a focal point with a game system turns it more into a hero play. I agree. And there's, of course, the classic example is the One Ring, right? Lord of the Rings, there's, there's the big bad evil guy. Go to Mount Doom. Get your ass to Mount Doom. Got to chuck it in the fire. Chuck it in the fire. And all the trials and tribulations that happen along the way, along with nothing but a meal full of lambus bread, all day, every day. But it's delicious. It looks like crackers. It's all it reminds me. It looks like, you know what it reminds me of? It looks like graham crackers. Every time I see it in the, because, you know, we watch the movies a lot. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's a big ass graham cracker. That doesn't look appetizing at all. It's funny how many recipes I've seen for Lambus bread that look amazing. And I'm just like, yeah, while that looks delicious. That wasn't what it looked like in the movie, which is fine. (laughs) 
what else? We talk about, you know, focal points and stuff. What else do games with heroes have in them? They tend to be more epic in nature. Mm-hmm. They tend to be more mission-based and goal-oriented. Yeah. So you can have a mission-based game for adventures, but it's more of like mission of the week type stuff. This is more mission with, okay, we've done this thing. Now we can go to the next stage. Yeah. Heroes have a cause. End of the day. That's, that is the primary thematic difference is they have a cause. Games with heroes tend to be strongly story-driven. Yeah. Although you, there's nothing wrong with having side quests to provide downtime or breaks in the overall story. They also generally play more linearly than adventurers. Yep. Uh, it's really good. Now, we mentioned adventurers are really good for people who are new players to learn to play. Yes. Just to play characters. Yes. Whereas for hero campaigns, those are great for new players to learn rules and that's a very important difference between the two sure you want to learn to play the rules play a hero because it's very linear you've got something specific to do you don't have to worry about the role playing aspect you just learn about the rules mostly and kind of do what you think is right and that differentiation is important to different new players right some people will never get comfortable role playing until they understand the rules and some people are fine. I can learn the rules as I go, but I need to figure out how this works as a, as a concept. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, different, different beginnings for different people. And so some players may play heroes and some players may play adventures for that reason. I'm sure. And as a savvy DM, you need to know the difference. Uh, finally, generally you end up knowing who the enemies are in a hero campaign versus an adventuring campaign. And you can in an adventuring campaign too. Sure. You make plenty of enemies in an adventuring campaign, and you will eventually have a big bad evil guy. And we'll talk about mixing and matching these two later, but but you, you generally already know who the bad guys are in a hero campaign, especially if you start off with like a big focal point, like the world is on fire because of this guy. I didn't mention- Eruptus. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, very nice. Eruptus, the world phallus. <laughs> That's all. That's on you, my friend. I was going <laughs> to drop it, but no, you you brought it back up now. <laughs> so, unless you're playing politics, you tend to know who your enemies are in a hero campaign. Okay, <laughs> what are some challenges for a hero campaign that might differ from an adventuring campaign? There are more politics to being a hero. What do you mean by that? So you've got to play by the rules of whatever order you're in. You've got to play within the expectations of that white knight, that white robed mage, what have you. Yeah, you got a reputation to uphold now. Exactly. And if you don't, then there's going to be consequences for that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We mentioned a lot of different things, but one thing we didn't mention for adventurers is a moral quandary or moral conflicts. That certainly comes into play for heroes yes. over adventures. Now, you can have these moral quandaries in an sure. adventuring campaign, but if you're the good guys, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, how fun is that to throw into a hero campaign? If you've got a very close battle that you may win and you may very well lose. If you cut and run as a hero, you know for a fact that that little village is going to get destroyed mm -hmm. because these bandits are going to take vengeance. Can you? Can you do it? Yeah. That's a fun thing to throw at some players. Right? Whereas as an adventurer, you're just like, hmm, I'm not getting paid enough to die today. Yep. Elder evils, big bad evil guys, or their minions, or flavor of the week, tend to be nice challenges for heroes, particularly like the epic ones, right? The big bad evil guy, oh, yeah. or the elder evil of some sort. And this doesn't have to be directly against the heroes. Eventually it will be. But oftentimes it is the uh, theme behind what's going on in the storyline. Yes. 
the thing that makes heroic stories is overcoming the odds, mm-hmm. right? One cannot simply walk into Mordor. Yeah, obviously not. Until that's exactly what you have to do to accomplish the task. Yes. Can't take the eagles. Stop it. Gotta, gotta hot foot it. Fire, you fools. <laughs> what did he mean by that? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. Let's talk a little bit about some rewards for heroes versus adventurers. What do the rewards include? Well, first off, the conclusion of an actual storyline, the payoff. Yeah, the job well done. Peace yeah. is in the land. For now, at least. The magma has cooled. And they named the mountain after you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you think it is. It's something better. Uh, and along with that comes a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. You've won, right? Yep. Pat yourself on the back. Feels good. We talked about a sense of accomplishment before. Yeah. For hero campaigns, that, you're going for that. That's why you play that, so that you can defeat the bad guy. You get the glory. Yeah, do a little huzzah at the end of it. Yeah. You, know, share you get a, drink. a ticker tape parade. Adventurers don't usually get parades. Heroes get parades. Heroes get parades. Yeah, you won. So glory. Some good glory. What else? Depending on who your patron or group is, you might have earned a place in the hierarchy. Right? You move up in the church. You might become landed noble. You, you might even become king, depending on how bad things got for yeah, a second there. You didn't even have to knock the king over and take a seat. You, they just like, here you go. You've done a good job. Or the king died as part of this whole monumental issue. Oh, and you're worthy of this. Yeah, and, and everybody's just like, yo, this guy took care of the problem. This guy's in charge. Yeah, yeah he, he knows what's going on. This guy's a hero. Put him in charge. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about Adventures versus Heroes, but we'll be right back. After these messages. This is a commercial break. If you guys would like to hear us review something like a product or service, or if you'd like us to cover something like a topic, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, we'd love to hear from you and have you contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. So write to us, and maybe we'll talk to you. Maybe not. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking adventurers versus heroes, the different play styles involved between a party of murder hoboing, happy-go-lucky, whimsical adventurers just romping through the land looking for fat loots, and a savvy, well-armed set of heroes that are just trying to defeat the bad guy, and at the end of the day, world peace. Yeah, we're just doing what's right, man. Doing what's right. Possibly get a kingship out of it. (laughs) Now, we've gone into the explanations between the two. Let's talk a little bit about, because... No party is always one or the other. Let's talk a little bit about mixing and matching the two styles together, which is very important. It is, because games generally move back and forth. They kind of flow between adventuring and heroing. And and what we mean by this is, even if you start off with a hero campaign, you're going to eventually do some side quests, or you're going to do a little murder hoboing, or some comic relief, or you might just, you know, maybe they just shift gears and they've defeated the big bad evil guy, and now they want to... Roam the world. You want to roam around, do some exploration. Or maybe you've written a new module or you've bought a new module and you want to kind of take them to a different place. And so part of the game then shifts into adventuring mode. Vice versa, you might have... Started off as adventurers, but kind of been thrust into the heroic life. Either the patron you picked up is a heroic patron, Mm -hmm. and now that's the world you're living in. And this plucky group of explorers now has to learn how to be good. Exactly. Or maybe they were already good to begin with. They have to learn how to be heroes. Yes. And that's a very different thing than being an adventurer. Yes. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how this, how we play that with mixing and matching. So most games start off going back and forth. What else do we know? Obviously, you have to start with a session zero to determine where you should start this game. Like where your players at. And where are you at as a DM? Yeah. And what we mean by that is is directly before you play a game, what do you want to have? Do you want to have like a straight up adventure game? Do you want to have some kind of dark horror game? Do you want to be a hero game? We talk about session zeros a lot. And it's not because it kills gameplay. It certainly doesn't. And in fact, it's way better to have everybody on the same page 
so that they know what they want to play. So figure out what you're starting as. Absolutely. If everybody thinks that they're playing a classic wilderness romp, then they are going to be sorely surprised after they've created characters for that wilderness romp to end up on a sailing ship in the middle of an eight-month journey. Yeah. That's that's an unpleasant... You speaking from experience there, Matt? No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Because like, her last campaign, we did sail quite a bit. It's true, but I, I like the ocean, so it doesn't bother me. Now, let's say you end up with a session zero. You've started off either as heroes or adventurers, and then things start to shift. Narratively, there's always a way to tie the two together. Adventurers may be willing to go on a hero's journey either because a couple of people in their party have heroic tendencies. Sure. Or this lich destroyed my hometown. Well, now I'm on that vengeance quest. Now this I've got is, a motivation. Exactly. Yeah, I'm pissed off. We're going to do Venge. this now. Well, kill that lich. He just killed my, my aunt. Or the Oath of Vengeance, baby. Yeah. Killed my cat. How dare you? He oh, stepped on a flump. Oh. You fucking asshole. How dare you? <laughs> that's that's what it is. We're gonna have we're gonna have a flump vengeance. <laughs> the the paladin oath of flump vengeance. Sure. It's gonna have a little <laughs> the insignia is gonna be a flump. Maybe a pillow. I kinda see them like as their armor is kind of like the Care Bears, like the night what's it, eighties, nineties Care Bears mm-hmm. cartoons. But it looks something like that. So it's like bright pink armor and stuff. They might have like some flowers and stuff on them. And a big ass sword. It's serrated. Because <laughs> if you mess up a flump, you're going to pay bodily for that. War pick. Right? War, oh yeah. You War gotta, pick. You have to have something that just doesn't even care about it. It was designed to not care about humanoid a giant life. sized mall. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> anything. That's when you break up the mall of the Titans, my friend. And you kill a flump. Just saying. Don't do it. Go to hell. <laughs> we're getting off track what what else do we need to know uh in terms of like narrative and gameplay with the two dms are going to need to provide narrative opportunities to mix and match if you're on that heroic quest but you have players that are adventurers maybe provide a little offshoot side quest that is just for money or just for toys so that the people who are of an adventuring bent can, you know, wet their beaks a little bit. And this is good for just to break up the tension, too, in like a really strong campaign storyline. It's give a little comic relief or give something serious if everything's kind of crazy. You know, go fishing narratively. See what bites. Yeah. And that's, that's part of what you need to do if you've got some of each in your group. Also, you just have to provide a reason for the group to be together. Now, this is if you have mixed and matched right. people together. So if it's not all adventurers or all heroes, what if you've got the well, the typical party of an adventure? It's the idealistic paladin who would be considered a hero, the savvy, plucky rogue that you know, is a halfling with no shoes, right? The sexy, shoeless god of war. Sure. It's just quietly robbing everybody blind. The wizard who just doesn't give a damn. Maybe the sorcerer who is idealistic as well wants to recover artifacts from the dragon lineage i'm just making tropes up here but what do you do like how do you give them a reason for being with their group matt if you're the wizard in this tale i just want spell books exact and immortality if i as a paladin walk up to you and i'm eric mighty Arcane Eric, mm, the, the wizard. Yes, the wizard Holden. Yes. We are on our way to destroy this lich whose entire room, his mausoleum is filled with arcane writings that we do not understand and we would like to elicit your help. Ah, so you apply to the adventurer's sense of greed. Well, that would definitely work. Of course. <laughs> All right, let's go around the other way now. What what happens if you're trying to, uh, if you're a bunch of adventurers and you just want to like roll up on a 
band of brigands. Coming from the opposite direction. Oh, Sir Eric. Sir Eric of Holden, shining paladin and potential drowning victim. (laughs) These brigands have been plaguing this poor village. They are nigh unto starvation for the stores have been taken by these vile rascals. Ah, these flump killers must die. (laughs) Exactly. Let me get my murder pillow. A war pillow. That's a what I'm thinking. Oh, so imagine a pillow. This is what this is what the paladin of Flump Vengeance has. It's a pillow filled with rocks. <laughs> it's a it's a murder pillow. Sure. You just it's club a flail. Like it. That's it's called a, a flail. It's, it okay. is. But it looks like it looks like a chainmail pillow. That is. A, I love the middle image of this. I'm sorry. I can't get it out it's of my head. Sock full of quarters, man. <laughs> Oh God, this is so ridiculous. Okay, let's. <laughs> so you've got the different ways to interject your two sets of characters together. Have them play well together if you want. Apply to greed. Apply to idealism. Give some story arcs and some ways to kind of change the narrative. Remember, you're not just telling a story. You're making a story with your players. So you got to kind of feel them out. Yeah. What are they interested in? What do they want to do? and provide those hints to assist. Absolutely. Let's give some examples of mixing matching, Matt. I was going to say, now, at the end of the day, your players have to want to play together. Yes. And if they don't want to play together, then that's a different... That's a different problem That's altogether. a different podcast episode. Yeah, you, should, you shouldn't be having to pull teeth on this. You should be providing narrative reasons that allow them mm-hmm. to do this in character. Yeah, everyone should be in the same car in terms of that perspective right uh one of the things you can use to push random groups of people together is travel by ship or by caravan what a great segue into a side quest a little murder hoboing action so monster of the week is a great way to do that by traveling and whether you're traveling on a ship as you mentioned traveling by horse to get from one place to the next to get from one story arc to the next sure but that's also a great way to interject a big bad evil guy. Could be. You know, a random encounter that turns out to be a lot more than random. Something else you can do is just, you know, throw a good old-fashioned artifact into the mix. Mm-hmm. Now that's really good for hero quests, because now you've unleashed this horrible device upon the world. Maybe it gets out of your hands. Maybe someone innocent gets it. Maybe the evil lich acquires it. And what are you going to do? It's going to be dealt the, with. Because some of the phallus lord, you got to got to fix that quick. We mentioned this, we beat this into the ground, but for adventuring stuff, side quests, right? Absolutely. Every time. Easy way to do it, go on a side quest, do a little bit of comic relief or do a little bit of just grabbing some loot. Hey, heroes got to upgrade their equipment too. 100%. Yeah. The other option is, you know, it allows you to for adventurers Side quests allow you to build up that ever-necessary reputation. It allows you to make those personal contacts and do those things. Also, another great reason, this is a side note, but another great reason for adventurers to be around heroes is because they're adventurers that are around heroes. That means they're okay people. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's kind of... Until they rob you. It's, it's free reputation for a little while. No, I get it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, a good classic hero trope to get into a hero arc. Someone in town is in distress. The adventures roll up on the town, find out someone's in trouble. Could be the mayor, could be the whole town. Yeah, Maybe nice. the whole town's besieged by bandits or gnolls or something like that. Time to be a hero, right? And they can milk them for what they're worth, their <laughs> adventures. Absolutely. Random encounters. Just putting a group of people in peril brings them together yes and that's for either really moral quandaries now that oftentimes is a hero type motif but what a great one it is you stumble upon someone getting hurt he's got a bag of gold could upgrade all your equipment do you let this person die you'll find out real quick if your adventures are heroes at that point do you let the owlbear eat and then just take the gold that's the question (laughs) or do you slay the owlbear I make mean, a hat out of the owlbear. They might of, heal the person, too, if they're yeah. good adventurers. 
Heal them. Modify memory. Oh, yeah. You gave us this bag of gold. Very nice. Yeah, you paid it in service. That's what a, that's what an adventurer does. <laughs> Here it just saves it. Uh, what else we got? Downtime in a city. I can apply to either. Yep. Downtime is a great time to throw in side quests, to throw in moral quandaries, to throw in any of these elements we've mentioned before to kind of shift gears between going between a hero versus adventuring style play. And keep in mind, because uh, we keep using the term side quest, side quest for us or, or how we're using it here can mean a lot of things. A side quest could be a masquerade ball. Mm-hmm. A, side, a side quest is anything that has a goal attached to it that isn't directly attached to the linear quest you're on. Yes. That's what we're referring to. Yeah, it's not just like something that was written in a module. It's, it's, right. It's, it's something that ties into a different type of story. Yeah. Don't, it, it, it's not go kill those 10 rats in the basement every time. It's, it can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, backstory tie-ins would be kind of fun for either or. Yes. Tying in your character's history is always a great way to do stuff in terms of changing gears or to provide motivation. So in the case of maybe being a hero, maybe tying that backstory in, what do you think your long-lost grandfather who forged that sword that you're currently carrying would think? Maybe his ghost shows up. That'd be cool. (laughs) That would be cool. Be like, you're doing it wrong. The rogue has a sick relative. And that's why the rogue steals? And that's why the rogue steals. Yeah. Now, the paladin could have solved this problem all along if he'd have just asked. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, of course, the classic way to switch gears in a story, the conclusion of a story arc. Yep. Big bad evil guy's gone. Cool. Time for adventuring. You've finished looting the dungeon. Time for a hero story. Back and forth. All of this, by the way, applies to what the characters are doing. And as a savvy DM, you have to kind of be on the lookout for stuff because this is a perfect opportunity. Consequence of action. Because characters did this, this thing appears. And because this thing appears, it gives the opportunity to either, again, be adventurers or be heroes. And it's as simple as that. And it depends on how the players go about it sometimes. The exact same happenstance can be approached by either direction, depending on where your players are at at the time. Yep. All right, let's talk a little bit about improving play style for both adventuring and hero campaigns, because it it does take a little bit of work to shift gears between the two. For adventuring games, sometimes you need to lean a little more heavily on your PCs to help drive the story, more so than with a hero game, because once again, Hero games generally They're very have. linear in many ways. There's a purpose behind that. Right. Yeah. Hero games tend to have a lot of the cards on the table from the outset. And so if you're playing adventuring games, you gotta you really need feedback from your PCs on the direction the story's gonna go. And that can be as simple as a player looking at the other players and be like, I haven't been home, wherever home is in years and I'd really like to go visit my family that's a side quest in and of itself because Mm -hmm. now you're going a distance with your group and maybe something's going on there maybe it's a happy family reunion who knows yep uh, examples of both include these five people meet at a bar versus the dark lord has returned so those are the different play styles right right for hero games, stress the importance of the objective and the cost of failure. Yes. Because it's one thing to face the big bad evil guy. It's a whole other thing if you fail. Could mean the end of the world. Could mean everything's covered in white hot lava. It's true. <laughs> what else are some things that we can consider with hero stories? You have to let the PCs know that heroes tend to have to help, have to help, have no choice. They are required. And that they have help as well. Yes. And that's one thing that's different from adventures, as we mentioned. Adventures are kind of on their own in many cases. Heroes have help because they're good. They're heroes. 
but they but that that comes with the responsibility. They are the heroes. Yeah, if you're anywhere near your home turf, you have help and you're required to help. Yep. So reputation is expected and partially free because you're the hero. Because you're the hero, you have that reputation of being a hero. Yeah. But it's also expected that you have to do something with that reputation. You have to continue to be heroic. Mm -hmm. Now for adventure games, stress the survival above success in many ways. Yeah. There is no backup. You're on your own. So PCs need to invest in relationships, as we mentioned before, to survive that harsh world. And in a lot of cases, reputation is as good as gold. And a lot of cases, reputation is gold. Yeah, because it means discounts at the bartender's shop. Well, and if you can prove you can do jobs, then you can get more, get, yeah, get better paying jobs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So it may equate to free drinks, as we mentioned at the tavern, may equate to discount in potions, or just may mean that you get better jobs so that you can make more money. One of the things you can think about between heroes and adventurers is adventurers wield less influence but over a broader range, mm-hmm. whereas heroes can wield very intense influence, but generally in a much smaller area. And as a DM or GM, that's very important to kind of consider because you have to consider, again, we go back to consequence of actions once again. How much influence are they welding? What is the style that you're going for when you shift gears or if you're starting off playing that particular style? And that is something I like to play with. If you're used to being a hero and you're sent outside of your sphere of influence, the warm welcomes, the hey, how you doing? It's been a while since I've seen you, Bob. I'll have the wife send some fresh bread over for you. All that stops dead. Yeah. Just wherever that line is, soon as you cross it, it's a cold world, man. Whereas adventurers, because they've hopped around and stuff like that, you know, maybe uh, we they may not be as cordial, but we've heard of you, adventurers. Exactly. Yeah, reputation. Now, one other thing in terms of reputation and playing in different styles is, as a storyteller, don't be afraid to jump between the two styles. A lot of times, storytellers are like, well, just playing a hero campaign, we just have to play the hero campaign. No, no. Let the story naturally go back and forth between an adventuring style and a hero style. It you'll you'll know when it happens. It's almost like a natural change that comes over the players and yourself. Your narrative will also change, and you'll know when it happens. Just let it go. Yep. Go with the wave, man. If if your players start getting restless and start making like a couple of crazy little actions that they wouldn't necessarily do, just Swing into that a little bit and let them go on their little rabbit trail. They'll come back to the the high and mighty game when they get it out of their system. Yep. We would like people to use these examples as guidelines. We don't present a lot of rules here. That's not what we do. We We try and give people options or ideas that they can work with. Yeah, and keep in mind that we're presenting these two styles as kind of black and white styles, right? They're either adventuring or hero questing and ne'er the twain shall mix like oil and water. That's not necessarily true. True playing in a TTRPG is often a mix of all of that. So there's a lot of different shades between heroing and adventuring, but for the purpose of this podcast, it's easy to kind of just go ahead and separate them and show the different styles. But a lot of times you might have a hero campaign with a t- with a mix of adventuring in it, and then you might have adventurers, as you as we mentioned, who are heroes. Yeah, and you can totally mix them together, and it can be both, and not just one or the other. Absolutely. Finally, remember that these stories are not just built by you as a storyteller. This right, is not your stuff. It is also built by the players as well. Good DMs provide narrative opportunities, and then follow the actions of the players to help build that great story. You're making this together, folks. Yeah. That's why we play this game. Cooperative storytelling. Yeah. That's, that's what we do yeah. every time. So, again, 
get that feedback from your players. If they're not giving it to you, provide them some incentive, right? Give them those story arcs. If they want to continue the same path and, and keep doing the story, cool, right? That's what they're building. You guys are building this together. But it should be give and take from both parties. And if you're not sure where your players are, give them a job board, okay? Give them something good to do. Give them something gold to do. Give them something odd to do. Yeah, good, and whichever, gold, and odd. Yep, whichever yeah. one they lean towards, that's where they're at at the moment. Just run with it. And players, if you are finding yourself constrained by your storyteller, tell them. Yeah, they don't want you to not have a good time. That's not why they're putting the time in. Yep. So there you have it. Some ways to run a storyline with a hero versus an adventurer. Some ways to mix and match heroes versus adventurers. And hopefully some of the differences in style for storytellers to know the difference between heroes and adventurers. Yeah. I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I hope so. Yeah. Any questions or comments? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me, Eric at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all the things. Matt, what are some things we're on? We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. And Instagram. As the Goblins Corner. Did you like our podcast? Subscribe to it on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. Click those five stars. If you could give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or YouTube, we'd love that. It, uh, it boosts our show, gets us in front of more people, and it feeds the hungry algorithm. That's right. And if you don't, the palate and the flump vengeance will come with a metallic pillow in the night. Sure thing, man. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name's Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. Don't we love that guy? Sure. This is a subterranean production. Da, ba, bum, da, ba, da.